How is everybody doing? And welcome back for another Strength Chat episode. Today, I've got a very special guest for you all. Today, I'm joined by an award-winning nutritionist, personal <laughs> trainer, and online coach. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Sophia Harris. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? That was a great, that was the best intro I've ever had. Really? Oh, I'll take that, I'll take that as a compliment. I always, um, I can't think of the guy's name, but do you know the boxing in- introducer? I always thought that I'd love to be like a commentator or there. Um, You'd be so uh, good yeah. at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, yeah, so if anyone listening who promotes anything like that, you know, I'm, I'm free on weekends, I'll be able to be able to give that a go. Um, but how are you? Um, what's been What's been happening in your world recently? So I know we've just chatted a bit before and I've said I've got period pain, but apart, <laughs> apart from that, yeah, things are good. Um, had some tough news over the weekend, which I'm sure we might touch on during the podcast. Um, but as you know, when you're a coach, you just sort of crack on with things and business is good. Life is good. I've got four dogs with me at the moment. So if there's any background noise, they're all really good. Um, but they're getting a bit hungry for their last, well, for their afternoon meal. So if you hear any background noise, it's one of the four dogs, but they're all under control. So yeah, no, 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 life is good. How are you? Nice. Yeah, very well, ticking along. Um, obviously, you've been over to the uh, the gym that I'm at now at True, um, and you've taken on, um, I think last I saw you, t- you taken on a, a coach to work with as well. Is that right? So a coach for me to work with. Uh, as in uh, with uh, Apollo Apollo Nutrition, somebody that somebody yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. There's so many coaches, I just get confused. <laughs> um, yes, I have got a coach working with me now, supporting some Apollo Nutrition clients called Claire. Who, oh my God, she is the best thing I've ever done for my business. She is so good. Um, she's really on the same page with me on like food relationship and nutrition and health because that's what we are all about you know yeah nutrition fitness training but actually if you aren't supporting your food relationship and building on that then you know what's the point sort of thing um and she's very much on the same page with me on that but she's really like calm and collected whereas I'm very like loud and excited and energetic um, so we balance each other out really nice. <laughs> oh, cool. And for I know obviously I did an introduction there, but um, for anyone listening who might not know your background involved in coaching in terms of nutrition and training, just want to give a little bit of a, a background to yourself? Yeah, so I'm a nutritionist. I am a PT, but I don't really do that side of things because I prefer to leave that to people like you that are great at it. Um, and it's the food stuff that... I'm amazing at so mm-hmm. why we eat the way we do why we feel the way we do about food why we feel the way we do about our bodies how does that impact other areas of our lives and how can we get people from not a great place with food and nutrition and how they feel about food and their body to like the healthiest and happiest version of themselves um so I work with people one-to-one I work with couples I work with families I work in corporate settings um I've worked in schools so there's loads of different types of people that we work with because everybody has a relationship with food and when I'm in a room of people I always ask pop your hand up if you've never had any issues with your food relationship no hand has ever gone up so that means at some point 
you know, people have had some issues that maybe they've worked through or they haven't and they're still ongoing. Um, because food relationships like a spectrum, you know, at, at the very far end, we've got clinical eating disorders. And then we'll sort of go through to like disordered eating, which a lot of people have. And it's really common in the fitness industry. And then all the way up through to like an optimal food relationship, which is where we would want to get our clients to. But obviously that looks different for everyone. So that's what I do. I've also got um, a fat loss group coaching program. Um, I've got a dog boarding business as well, which is why I've got four now. <laughs> so lots of stuff going on. I train myself. I do jujitsu. Um, so yeah, loads going on, but I love it. That's the way I love my life. Nice. Lots of things to keep you busy. And how's jujitsu going? Because I know yeah. I saw you, uh, it must have been for Christmas now. I think you'd come from a jujitsu session. Is that still going well? Still enjoying it? Yeah, I love it. Have you tried it before? I haven't actually. No, I've got a couple of friends um, who uh, who do jujitsu, and it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the it, it's kind of got a big uptake at the minute. A lot of people seem to be uh, seem to be giving it a go. But um, yeah, I fancy I fancy giving it um, giving giving it a go. But you said it was good. Yeah, you should like you should try it. You probably won't like it at first. Um, I mean, I would recommend people do a little bit of research and maybe watch some videos because I literally knew nothing. I thought it was a bit like wrestling, a bit like MMA, um, a bit like boxing, and it's nothing like... I mean, I don't know anything about those sorts of things anyway. <laughs> but my husband was like, oh, let's go to this free trial. So I was like, yeah, fine. Within five minutes, I was on the floor, wrapped around this random man, like, what is going on? But it's just... I love it because everyone's equal. So you're all like in the same outfit. Like you're not equal in the way that people are more experienced and they help the people that aren't. But like it's a level playing field, males, females. It's really inclusive. It's really accessible. Um, it's like one of my friends describes it as violent meditation because you've got <laughs> you've got to be like fully tuned in. And I'm really not an aggressive person in case you hadn't already worked that out. So for me, it's completely out of my comfort zone, but you can go to whatever level you want. So like, I never fight properly. I'm always quite like calm with it. And we always joke that I just go to cuddle everyone. Um, but it has massively improved my confidence, if that's even possible. It's massively improved my confidence if I was to ever be in a situation where I was vulnerable, you know, I wouldn't be scared, um, which it's awful. But unfortunately, as women, we have to think about that sort of thing nowadays. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's great think, for that. Yeah, I think it's, um, uh, like I say, especially with the increase in popularity, because um, I think not just, you know, uh, men going uh, men going to it, but um, I just think intake, intake across the board, a lot of people have been giving it a go and, um, from watching it, because uh, obviously you see it on, uh, I don't know whether you watch UFC or anything like that, but you watch it and then it's kind of like, um, it's like a little bit of a chess game, a chess game, um, which we use it to trying to, uh, trying to, you know, m manoeuvre and get yourself in those positions. Um, obviously you touched on um, specialist area is nutrition. And as we come into the, to the end of, of, of January, heading, in, heading into February, um, that's where, uh, the the start of the year, people want to make some changes with the nutrition, and the people that you've worked with there is quite a broad spectrum, you know, from schools to couples to businesses. Why do you think, and this is going to be quite a big question, 
why do you think nutrition is such a minefield for a lot of people? Because if I was to say, right, Sophia, this is a squat, you'd be like, yeah, that's a that, that's a squat. But if you say, mm-hmm. we're going to follow this nutrition plan or I want you to do this, I want you to do that, there can sometimes be, and like, you know, you'll be able to touch on this, a little bit of pushback in case of, oh, well, actually, I, I've got told about this or I've got told this was the best <laughs> thing to eat. Why, why do you think nutrition is such a minefield for people? But there's so many, like, ways to answer that question. But you touched on it briefly there. That there's so much information out there. We know there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of fads, a lot of outright lies from people trying to make money. Um, and people try and overcomplicate nutrition. So, you know, it doesn't need to be extreme. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be organic or expensive. Like, the basics work with nutrition. But then a lot of people think that that's too good to be true. So they think, what? You know, I just eat like meat, a carb sauce, some fats, and I just have that three, maybe four times a day. And I don't overcomplicate it. And I eat lots of fruit and lots of vegetables and more plant-based foods. And it's that simple. And it's like, yeah, it's that simple. For most people, obviously, individually, there's other stuff to consider. Um, So it's simple. But one, people are confused with all the shit that's out there. People are confused with fads and diets they've tried in the past. Other people think that nutrition means fat loss, and it doesn't. Like, we have a lot of fat loss clients, and you'll know this from your job. If people are focusing on fat loss and they aren't focusing on nutrition, they've got no chance. Mm -hmm. Like, literally no chance. It's the nutrition is the king of health, fat loss, whatever it is. But nutrition isn't fat loss. Like fat loss is, you need to focus on your nutrition for fat loss. But nutrition is so much more than that. Like nutrition is your optimal health. And optimal health is not constantly feeling like you're on a diet. So that's very important. And then when we think about food, a lot of people know how to eat healthily. But a lot of people struggle because food is really complex when it comes to behaviours, habits, emotions, how we deal with life nowadays, because it's super stressful. And like, then we think about our environment when it comes to nutrition. So there's food everywhere. Every other day, we've got some sort of celebration with food or drink, which is great if people have an overall healthful nutrition approach. But if people are already struggling with the nutrition approach, and then you know the environment the way it is now with food everywhere you know if you work in an office there's always cakes there's always let's go for drinks on a Friday let's get pizza because we've made it to Wednesday and then you've got a weekend of socializing that can be really difficult difficult to navigate healthy nutrition for an individual with our environment the way it is so I think we've got to look at nutrition instead of just stick to the basics it's like what else has that person got going on? What is their lifestyle? What is their environment? How do they deal with their emotions? You know, even thinking about things like religion and community. Do you eat meals with your family? Like, how do you cook for religious reasons? There's all of that for us to take into account. So it's really, really complex. But I think the reason that people struggle to answer your question isn't as simple as one thing it's a combination of loads of different things yeah and I think um yeah that kind of sums up why I said nutrition is a bit of a mindful because you touched on you know quite a lot of things there 
kind of two questions to to follow up from that. You mentioned um, optimal uh, optimal health what for for that person, and a lot of people will think um, it's a little bit like uh, diet. Everyone says, "Oh, I need to be on a diet plan," whereas you know you eat food twenty four seven all you know all, all the time. It's not just a set amount of time that you're gonna you're gonna um, uh, work on nutrition because it, it's ongoing. What um, is optimal nutrition, or do people, or do you find people have um, that everyone needs to fit within a mold of what optimal optimal nutrition is, rather than finding what's right for them? And in terms of the part number two, in terms of the um, influences, how much do you think um, are external influences such as? social media such as um you know fast food uber you know lockdowns and those sorts of things so um i know two kind of questions there but does that that kind of make sense yeah so like when we think about optimal health and optimal optimal nutrition because let's put them together because it's like you know if you are striving for optimal health your nutrition will be a huge part of that But when we look at health and when we look at nutrition, it isn't just food. So we've got like social health. So being able to eat with friends and family without feeling guilty, without obsessing about calories, without thinking you can have something, you can't have something. Food is good. Food is bad. Being able to eat with family, being able to cook for your children and not having to cook yourself something separate. So that's social health. We've then got to think about mental health. So like food relationship how food makes us feel, why it makes us feel like that, how we deal with our emotions away from food, because society almost normalizes emotional eating, which is absolutely fine. Like food is a valid coping mechanism, but we want people to have other coping strategies too, because all food does is temporarily distract you and numb your feelings. So it's like putting a plaster over a wound, but it isn't tackling the underlying emotions or the underlying issues. So we've got mental health, we've got physical health. So, you know, how are you fueling your body? How are you making sure you recover from day-to-day life? How are you making sure your brain's got enough energy? So even away from exercise and being active, like how are you looking after your body with your approach to nutrition? We've then got things like financial health. So obviously we need food to be affordable. There's a cost of living crisis. So I can't be recommending that my clients buy loads of organic food and all shop at M&S. So we've got to think about financial health as well. And then, yeah, that's kind of it. It's like this whole broad spectrum with loads of different elements. And that's how people are going to achieve optimal nutrition. But then we've got to understand that some of these facets of health or facets of nutrition sometimes it'll be unbalanced so like you know your mental health might not be great for loads of reasons so then you've got to focus extra time on that your physical health might not be great for whatever reason so you focus more time on that so it's always just sort of thinking right what can I focus on and what areas do I need to improve in and some of our clients come to us and they know everything about nutrition and how to eat healthily and how to eat lots of fruit and vegetables but they don't know how to deal with their emotions and that's what's impacting their overall nutrition or other clients are struggling financially and they don't know how to eat healthily on a budget. So it's, it's identifying which area people need to work on, but then to have optimal health or optimal nutrition, you'd want to be then able to balance all of those different areas. Um, 
And what was the oh, the other question you asked about external influences? Yeah. So you were talking about like social media, um, and I've already spoke a little bit about our environment, and that plays a huge part. So I guess social media and that sort of thing is probably more what you choose to expose yourself to. Right. Do you mean viewing like um, the ways people eat online and like videos of food and that sort of thing? Yeah, so just just touch back on uh, what you mentioned about you know there's loads of different areas, a lot of uh, plates spinning spinning on there because I think sometimes uh, people can get a little bit overwhelmed of trying to do everything, whereas sometimes you know you got, you're going to have more time to focus on exercise. There's going to be time where you need to focus on, on on your mental health, and it's you know just just like what you said there, just balancing it balancing it out a little bit. In terms of the um, external factors, it's a little bit like. Um, there'll be diets recommended recommended you know do this six week course 12 week course or anything like that which you know if you if you're using the skills um to then uh build on from that is is really good um but then it's a case of um people posting right well this is what this is what i eat this is what i'm having and it kind of i think the phrase i'm looking for is this this is what you should be doing rather than you know not everyone for ninety percent of the of the people listening to this, they work nine to five. They've got kids that they're busy. They're trying to fit. They're trying to fit training in, and they don't have, um, you know, um, they can't afford meal preps all the time and be able to have everything because they've got too too much going on. Mm. So kind of the kind of that you should be doing this mentality. That that that's kind of a, a better question, really. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. It's it. I think people just need to be realistic with their own expectations and understand that anybody that's saying you have to eat this way to be healthy or you have to eat this way to be looking after your nutrition, that's not right. Like that's a massive red flag because there's never one size fits all. Like with exercise, you know, with exercise and you were talking about squatting before, everyone's squat will look different. Everybody's body is formed differently. Everyone will do that movement slightly differently and exactly the same with nutrition there's no one size fits all you might like part of one nutrition approach and part of another and part of another so you bring all those three bits together for you um anybody that is saying you must do this or you must do that or you can't eat this or this food is bad like literally the only bad food is food that's gone off or food that you don't like or food that you're allergic to um there's no such thing as a bad food there's no such thing as one size fits all when it comes to the way people should eat and I think a lot of people delay starting with their nutrition by going to try and find this information and over confusing themselves and even if they don't realize it's that's a way of procrastination like okay understand things to a certain extent but just fucking take action like take that first step just have a portion of vegetables with the food you're already eating. Just look and think, right, am I having three servings of processed food a day? If I am, let's cut down to one. Am I having protein with all my main meals? If not, let's get that in there. Am I drinking enough water? Am I getting enough sleep? Because nutrition isn't just food. It's our whole sort of lifestyle. Um, so instead of overcomplicating it and overconsuming, because you absolutely can do that, like I have some clients that come to me that are an absolute nervous wreck because have you read today that people are saying don't eat eggs? Don't why? I can't something about blood clots. Right. Yeah. So we've had eggs. We've been told that eggs are bad for us because they make us fat, because they're full of cholesterol. 
um and now they cause blood clots and it's just absolutely ridiculous most people need to eat more eggs like there's not an upper limit to the amount of eggs you can eat i remember my dad rang me three weeks ago and he was like oh my gosh can i not eat more than two eggs a day and i was like dad you're fine like trust me the last thing you need to worry about is eating more than two eggs a day um yeah like people get themselves worked up about these little things and then go onto the internet or go onto social media tiktok videos and recipes and what i eat in a day and all that's doing is distracting people from doing the work that they need to do on themselves you know social media can be great if people are looking at, to it for ideas and recipes and inspiration and maybe to reach out to a coach whether that's to ask questions or me and claire we do so many like podcasts and workshops you know whether it's to engage in that sort of thing but the majority of people on the internet giving nutrition advice are not qualified to do so. Um, they're not evidence-based. They don't even understand why they're telling you what they're telling you. Because um, if they did, they wouldn't be saying it. So, yeah, I think finding information on nutrition from people that you know are qualified, that you know are experienced, rather than, you know, all of these, like, what I eat in a day and people putting their calories on it. Like, it's just... It's not helpful. It's it's good for engagement. People get followers that do that because unfortunately we live in a world where we'd rather watch what everyone else is doing online than work on our own issues. Um, and I'm I'm all about personal responsibility. And I don't think it's just that simple. You know, people really struggle with nutrition and it's very confusing and it's difficult to know where to start, but we make it so much harder by trying to just find stuff online and distracting ourselves and procrastinating from just getting started yeah i've got maybe a little bit of a tangent on this but this is also just coming to my coming to my mind when you were saying there about um procrastination and focusing on uh, what other people mm -hmm. are doing because i think you can be um i always use the analogy of it's like driving a car if you focus on driving and where you're going you're probably going to get there whereas if you start um driving and looking at what someone else is doing it, that's pretty that's pretty dangerous yeah you you it's pretty dangerous there do you think that um because there's so much information out there trying to filter it through that people just have a fear of well what if i try and you know look at the things that i'm struggling with and it actually turns out that oh right okay i've got to, i've got to work on this do you think people are just scared that they might get it wrong or scared that you know they might be like oh well how do i how do i fix this if that makes sense yeah I think people are scared to get it wrong, but that's the only way you're going to get better. Like you'll get it wrong a million times before you get it right. And then even when you're getting it right, it'll still go wrong. Like my nutrition still goes wrong. I'm still learning. When I'm busy, the first thing that goes is food. I just don't get hungry. <clears throat> I forget to eat. And then I overeat when I do eat because I've let that happen. And that's me making excuses. That's me not you know focusing on what I need to focus on and I'm lucky I can get away with it because I mean I can't and I couldn't get away with it for long but in general I have a really healthy lifestyle but not everybody is that lucky um so I think being scared to fail or being scared to get it wrong is just a, a stupid reason like you're never going to be confident with something until you start and until you try and that means you'll fail along the way you will fuck up you will make mistakes but that's the only way that you can learn and you can improve because if something doesn't work 
you then think, right, what else could I try? You know, I'll go again. Um, so, yeah, I think that would probably just be an excuse or, like, further distraction. Yeah. And with that, one thing that you said there, and this is something that um, I think a lot of people comment on and I'd like to hear your approach on it is... Um, Oh, I just I'm just waiting for the right time the right time to start, mm -hmm. which is probably a big um, barrier for people to overcome. And then they actually get to that point of getting in contact with you know someone such as yourself. Of right, I am ready to start now. What's kind of your approach to to being okay? So why did we start now? Why didn't we start? You know, uh, what was the catalyst before that? Because I think it takes people time to get to the point mm -hmm. where they reach they're reaching out for help. What what's kind of your approach to yeah. it? Yeah. See, I see everything from like two extremes. So there'll never be a perfect time, but sometimes there's a better time. And sometimes people do just have too much going on and they need to focus on other stuff and that's fine. But all of my clients, every time I start with a new client, they're like, oh, I followed you for months. I went to type out a message five times and then I never did. And they all say, the only thing I wish is that I'd started sooner. And then I always say, but at least you're here. At least you're doing the work now. Um... Because, you know, some of our clients aren't like deep-rooted food relationship issues. It's people that have gone around in circles for years with the health, with the nutrition, whether it's fat loss or not, whether it's fat loss, whether it's building muscle, whether it's building strength. And they've realized, actually, nutrition is the final piece of the puzzle. And they start seeing results when they're working with us. And they realize it's easier than they thought. And they're like, oh, God, I just wish, you know, I could have had these results five years ago. I could have started feeling better years ago but I always think like all you ever do at, a at any time is what you know in that moment mm -hmm. and then we live and we learn and we try new things and some things work and some things don't and there's so many times I've thought back and been like oh god if only I've known then what I know now but you know as long as people start that's all that matters and of course there's never going to be a perfect time. Like all of the techniques that we use for our clients are quick, snappy, things that you can do while you brush your teeth in the morning, things that you can do while you drive to work, things that you can do in the shower. You know, we're always getting our clients to like multitask and fit things easily into their routine because um, everyone's busy, but people make themselves too busy or too stressed to even think about this stuff. And that's when it'll get to a point where people don't have a choice but to start prioritizing the nutrition because there's only so long that you can stay in that really highly stressed state before everything starts crumbling down. Yeah, A couple of things that you've said there. So you said uh, things that you can do whilst you're driving to work, whilst you're brushing your teeth. That hasn't been involved in. So these are things that you're going to do whilst you sat at your table with the with the meal in front of you. And we've touched on a couple of times of you know if you're having a protein, a carb source, some 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 vegetables. Do you think that um, another sort of common barrier obstacle is people just don't think beyond that and maybe think that there are things beyond that that you need to work on in terms of mindset or you know a couple of the um, the habits that you um, touched on while you're driving to work or anything like that. Yeah, 100%. Because to get that balance of food on your plate, however it looks for you, there has to be a thought process behind it. And so many people are going through life so stressed, like chronically stressed, in fight or flight mode, and they're just used to functioning in that state. You know, running around like headless chickens, not focusing on anything, 
just feeling horrendous, not sleeping properly, hardly even breathing properly because they're so worked up. So then they're not going to have a healthy meal on their plate. They're going to reach for something quick and something easy, or they're just going to miss a meal completely. And I've got a massive theory that if people drastically restrict, they will at some point overeat. So whether it's that night, whether it's that weekend, whether it's three months later, whether it's years later, like what happens to us internally, not just like body composition wise, <clears throat> but with your hormones and with, with your food relationship and with your mental health. Sorry, my husky is crying because he's starving because <laughs> obviously I never feed him. Um, but what happens to all of that when you over restrict to excess means that you will bounce back and this is why people go through that yo-yo dieting cycle and then regain weight so fast and regain more weight than when they'd started the diet in the first place but that happens because people aren't working on what's up here they're not working on the mindset they're not working on these mindful techniques that can be really quick and can be really simple and some of the things that we get our clients to do are literally when you're brushing your teeth concentrate fully on brushing your teeth do not have any other thoughts in your head just concentrate on the toothbrush going around your mouth that's it and when your mind wanders bring it back to what you're doing how the toothpaste tastes how the toothbrush feels in your mouth how like if you've got an electric toothbrush you can feel it in your mouth and then hear it in your ears and before you know it you've meditated for two minutes every morning like the power of that is life-changing and I'm not one of these coaches that will get my clients to sit down and meditate for 10 minutes before every meal because there's some coaches that work on food relationship that think people have more time than they do. You know, like, let's do 40 minutes of yoga a day. Let's do these long meditation practices. We like quick, snappy stuff, like breathing techniques while you're in the shower. Just while you're in the shower and the water's, like, running down you, how does it feel on your body? Like just tuning into that and giving yourself literally one minute in a morning before work or on an evening when you get home from work will change your day. Like while you're driving to work, again, a meditation or a relaxing audio or a podcast that you can switch off to on the way home, a five minute switch off from work meditation, again, similar things, audio books, music you enjoy, a podcast, you know, all of these things are literally just giving yourself that five or 10 minutes that slow everything down, reduce stress, and mean that you can then make conscious choices with your food instead of being in that stress state and just automatically grabbing at stuff. And I've got clients that start with me and they eat things and they're not even tasting it because they're just grabbing it and throwing it in the mouth. And that's what happens when we don't allow ourselves the time to make proper choices and to actually take a step back and think, right, what's going to serve me? What's actually going to fuel my body? What food is going to make me feel good? Because people are just in survival mode. Yeah. A couple of things that you that you said there, it's, um, you know, uh, hearing the vibrations of brushing your teeth. Can you feel, can you feel the water on yourself when, you, when you're in the shower? All of those other senses. And like what you said there about uh, people are just eating food and not thinking. And one of the biggest things, 
I, I literally put down the, the thing that I put down, common uh, common questions that uh, that clients bring up, and I think it's like a bit of a rabbit hole that you can go down go down with that. But um, a lot of things is people are like, oh, I just ate it because it was there, or I wasn't I wasn't thinking when it when, when we were eating it, and is that because they're not tapping into those other um, senses like with the meditation that the um or the like meditation practices that you can do because i know for a lot of people and i was i was a little bit like this like nah, i'm not going to do 10 minutes of uh, meditation it's not really anything for me but even um what i've started doing is uh, writing down sort of like affirmations and writing something down and thinking about what's what's actually going on and it's kind of one of those things of you know like what you mentioned earlier if i knew what i know now then it would have made would have made it easier, but people don't give it don't give it a go. And do you think that's what sometimes people neglect a little bit by thinking yeah. outside the box a little bit? Yeah, and people think they don't have time. So like when I start working with clients, they're like, "I'll do anything you tell me, but I don't have any time." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, so we need to find time because everyone has time." Like, and we're not going to compare someone's level of busy to someone else's level of busy because that's not right everyone's got different capacities everyone deals with things differently but I work with some of the busiest humans in the world like the most successful business people literally smashing their careers they've got children they've got pets they've got hobbies they've got a business on the side of their careers they're still getting in the gym they're eating well and they're still meditating, they're still finding time. Because even like focusing on your breathing, that's a form of meditation. You can do meditation when you're out for a walk. All it is, is focusing on senses and cutting out distractions in your head. And then when your mind starts wandering, you bring it back to what you're focusing on. Like the more power you have over your mind and your thoughts, you won't then turn to food when you're feeling emotional. You won't be eating things that you're not conscious of eating on autopilot without even tasting it because you're so in tune with what's going on that you can just give yourself that chance to slow down. So people think that they don't have time. Um, but I always say, well, you don't not, like you've got to make time because you're going to have to find it from somewhere if you want to make progress. Um so yeah, I think a lot of people neglect that side of things and think that it won't make a difference. You know how you said, oh, you thought it wasn't really for you. Mm. Like I said, people think they've got to sit down for 10 minutes in silence, which you don't. It's literally just going out for a walk without your phone, without someone else, just going out, walking, actually looking at nature, even just like a tree you walk past every day, even just walking past it, and noticing something different every time you look at it like again that is just allowing yourself the space and the time to think about something else other than how busy and how stressed we all are definitely what went through my what went through my head there especially when um you said just looking up from the from the phone so um one of my favorite bands is the is the killers and i managed to go see them uh last year uh, at Old Trafford, and uh, the last song that they played was Mr. Brightside, one of my favourite favourite songs nice. ever. Um, and it came on, and I'm not going to lie, I lost my shit a little bit. I was like, this is amazing. And everybody, and I stood around, and it was like something out of like a sci-fi film. Everybody lifted the phones up and were watching the killers playing Mr. Brightside through, through the phones. Uh -huh. And it's just kind of like, 
you just want to be in that in that moment watching it thinking this is this is class and I can still re- I can still remember it and picture it in my head and you know I go back to last summer when it was awesome weather it was really warm awesome awesome gig um, and I think sometimes yeah just kind of like looking up and just seeing just seeing what's in what, what's in front of you I think sometimes uh, people forget that a little bit because too often we're always looking down a little bit and actually if we you know, have a look and you know experience those other senses. It can help with that, and that kind of touches on that that point of you know beyond protein and veg. I think there's got to be other things that that we're looking at. So the um uh, building on from that, then um people are always looking for that. What can we do to start now? Which we touched on earlier. What's kind of your approach? What's your um to do list that you have with your clients to be like something that um we can start using right now to start seeing that change. So it is those sort of basics that we've mentioned a few times, like fruit, veg, protein, water, sleep, some way of managing stress levels, looking at variety in your food as well. So we should be eating for optimal health, optimal nutrition. We should be eating 30 different plant-based foods a week. Most people don't even get 10. So just trying to increase those not going from no vegetables to like 10 vegetables a day just making it realistic making it achievable with you and your situation and when it comes to nutrition if everyone was doing that we'd be great like we'd be fine we wouldn't need to do anymore um but people aren't doing that and people think that that's too hard so then comes in the deeper work which is what me and claire do because we have face-to-face sessions with our clients so that's when we can really be like right what are the barriers how are you feeling why do you feel like that let's really tap into it um so then I guess the next layer to the basics would be people understanding why they feel the way they do so why do they feel certain ways about food is it past dieting experiences is it experiences with food as a child like parents maybe made you feel were you told to finish everything on your plate were you rewarded with food and is that still an issue now um, or we're not allowed to go in the cupboard and get a chocolate bar. So now do you have that same rule? Or now do you overeat chocolate bars? Because you're like, actually, I've got full access to that. So it's just going, once you're doing those basics, it's then going a little bit deeper. Or if you've tried to do those basics again and again and again, and you can't do them, that's going to mean you need the deeper work. That's where it's like, right, it isn't just a case of more fruit, more veg, more protein. It, what else is going on and why do I feel the way I do and what am I trying to distract myself from with food because food gives us something food provides us not just comfort but dopamine and happiness and all of these great feelings but where else can we find that and it's fine to find that stuff in food but where else can we find it so we've got different things that we use and different things that we enjoy in life as well. And I think understanding yourself is absolutely crucial to food relationships. So I recently was diagnosed with ADHD and the links with ADHD and food relationship are huge. Um, So again, just understanding, you know, if you've got ADHD, how does that impact things? If you're autistic, How does that impact things? If you've got mental health issues or mental illness, how does that impact things? If you've got a physical health condition, you know, if you've got a hormonal health condition, women with PCOS, women with endometriosis, 
how do all of those things impact how you eat? And then how can we work on the actual underlying issue rather than just putting a plaster over things with food or alcohol? Like a lot of our clients come to us because they're drinking too much alcohol. Doesn't mean they're an alcoholic. It just means that an excessive alcohol consumption is having a negative impact on the health. Yeah. There was a couple of a couple of things that you uh, that you touched on there, and I, I quite liked the, um, you know, where else can you get those uh, feelings or, or or emotions from? Because it's always, um, I think, always people think that oh, it's just plan A. This is the only option that I've got. Whereas sometimes you need a plan B, C, D, E. So you know, you can you can you can help with those help with those things, and um, I think there is. Um, Everyone thinks that more is always better. I'm just going to eat more protein. I'll just eat, I'll just eat more veg. I'll just eat more meals. I'll just do more exercise. Yeah. But actually, you know, we we touched on, um, you know, time that at some point, you know, if you just keep doing more and more, that's going to start pushing that time that you actually do have available to focus on these things. Um, you make you, you're making that a little bit a little bit smaller. Um, a few tangents in there, lots of lots of topics touched on, some really helpful, helpful things in there for everyone listening. But the last question that I always like to ask is from everything that we've chatted about there and for everyone listening, what would be your take-home points or words of wisdom? Ooh. <laughs> um I just think nutrition is simple but that doesn't mean it's easy to apply because human behavior is complex. So if you've tried loads of different things when it comes to nutrition and health, you probably need support from someone like me. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be the right coach. We might talk and I might explain how I do things or, and you might just be like, no, that won't work. You might not like me as a person, but there's so many other amazing coaches that do things in a similar way to me that we're now realizing that just a meal plan or just a standard diet or just tracking calories for a lot of people, that's not enough. Like it's not just that simple because if it was, we wouldn't have so many people confused about nutrition, confused about health. And like, again, I don't even mean from a body composition perspective because you can be in a healthy looking body and not be eating great or not looking after your body in in the right ways. So moving away from body composition, like absolutely have body composition goals. So many of our clients have them, but they only achieve them when we are having these deeper conversations, when we're talking about why we use food the way we do. So I think the best advice is that the science behind nutrition and the principles of nutrition is simple but applying that is far from simple so if people need help and support or if people have tried more of the basic stuff and it's not working then they probably need to think a little bit deeper um even just listening to my podcast where i talk about all this stuff like that will give you so many free pointers and so many free ideas of how you can start doing this work because your food relationship impacts everything in your life like your mental health your physical health your confidence how you feel about yourself how you feel around other people how freely you're able to socialize and live your life and how much you enjoy life as well like there's nothing worse than feeling like food or your food relationship is holding you back or it's like this cloud hanging over you 
and I believe that everybody deserves to be healthy and happy. And I think that that looks different on everyone, but everyone is capable of finding that place for themselves. Um, so yeah, that's the best advice I can give. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really good. Some really good words of wisdom there. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, and we've touched on it, you know, a, a couple of times in terms of that that fear of failure, knowing knowing where to start and. You know, I'm um, I'm a big fan of analogy. You might have guessed through uh, through the uh, some of the analogies I've used, but um, if my um, if my car's broken, I don't try and fix it myself. I could probably give it a go, but it might take me a little bit longer. I could YouTube it, but I would go 100%. I go and ask a mechanic for help. Obviously, you know, I'm going to have to pay him at the pay him at the end of it or her at the end of it. But you know, I need to get it. Uh, you need to get it sorted. And all you're doing is is, is asking for help. You know, you don't always. Um, even on like the smallest level, if you're doing a crossword, you know, people would be willing to ask, well, what do you think this word is? It's just a helping. And I think sometimes uh, people forget that there are people out there who are willing to w- willing to help. And it's not a case of, yeah, you should be doing this. It's like, right, okay, so what are you doing? Well, what, what can we work on? Um, which I think sometimes people um, forget. Um, Thanks again for taking the time to jump on. If anyone's got any questions about what we chatted about today, want to see the content that you put out there, or reach out um, and and you know um, have a call with you or some coaching, um, where could people find you or reach out to you? So I do have a website, but it's currently having a lot of changes. So Instagram's probably the best. Um, it's just Sophia underscore Apollo underscore Nutrition. Yeah, any questions like no strings attached i'm happy to answer any questions anytime and i'd rather people message me and check stuff than either get confused or get it wrong or get information from someone that's chatting shit so <laughs> <laughs> just tiktok just get every, everything everything's from tiktok now i actually had a conversation remember and i was like i don't even have tiktok and i was like i have no uh-huh. I, I have no i've no idea what you um um what, what what that is but yeah 100 percent for everyone listening if you've got any questions 100 percent reach out to sophia and um, yeah be be happy to help especially the content that she puts out there as well so um thanks a lot for taking the time to jump on really really enjoyed chatting with you today thanks a lot to everyone listening and i will see you all next week <laughs>